The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. And good to have you on this uh, Sunday morning. And if you're listening on the podcast page as well. So we're going to be having this uh, dropping on Monday morning. And, you know, it's just there for you to listen to over and over again. And we, we appreciate, of course, our sponsorship by FNM Bank right here in Hendersonville, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. Of course, for all of your banking needs, for sure. So we have a guest this morning. I want to introduce you to April Mangrum. And she is the executive director of libraries of Sumner County. Sounds like a very important job. It is, but it's a very recent job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are now, the libraries of Sumner County are now part of the Sumner County Library System. Okay. And that's only about a month and a half old. Uh, It's a pretty recent thing. The Sumner County Library Board recently voted to combine us all under the same umbrella. Okay. Uh, But we are all still the same friendly faces, same friendly spaces. Uh, We're just uniting to serve the community of Sumner County best. Okay. Um, It's mostly administrative things that I'm doing on my end, but it will all lead to better programs, materials, um, enhanced local library experiences. Okay. Gosh, you've you've been with the library system for quite some time. So tell them your background. This is impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, Yes, I have been with Sumner County for quite a while. Uh, I was hired at the Hendersonville Library whenever they first opened their brand new building. And I worked there for two years uh, while I was working on my master's in library science after obtaining my bachelor's in business management and human relations. And (laughs) then I was promoted to the Gallatin Public Library to be the director there. And I have been there for for 11 years now, but from its inception there as well, I was at the ribbon cutting, I was involved with that library. I have traveled to all the libraries within Sumner County. There are actually five of them. Did you realize that? Oh, where are they located? Well, Hendersonville and Gallatin, obviously, but we also have Portland, Westmoreland, and Millersville. And all five are unique as each of their communities, each of their cities and towns, and they all have their own special charm, and we absolutely want to maintain that and find what makes them shine and polish it to just yeah. make it even better. Now the Hendersonville Library, I know, I've got first-hand knowledge of that since mm-hmm. it's right next door to us here. That's a huge facility. Are they all that way or are they similar or different because of the communities? They are all very unique. Okay. Um, Hendersonville is the largest one. It is the largest building and it is the largest service area. Gallatin is not very far off from it, actually. Oh. It is a very large building, but it's completely different uh, in the way that it's designed. Hendersonville is very modern and beautiful 
beautiful with all mm-hmm. its sharp edges. And Gallatin is beautiful in a different way. It's more that historic charm. Okay. It looks like it is part of the square. Uh, that's where it is. It's located on the square. And it looks like it's just always been there because it was built into it. Uh, Westmoreland is a little bitty, but it's had expanses all throughout the years. Okay. And it's right there in the middle of town. Millersville is a brand new, beautiful facility. And Portland as well. They, they both look very similar in their designs, but Millersville is a little smaller than Portland. So if I were to say, what is the mission of the library system? To provide inspiration, education, and entertainment to the public. Okay, well, yeah, it covers that. <laughs> well, and, it, and like in Hendersonville, you have uh, a, a lot of different things that people can do there. It's not just coming in and checking out books. Tell them everything you got. I mean, this is amazing. You walk well, in this place. I don't think we have enough time to cover everything we have, honestly. Uh, but yes, it. we are so much more than just books. And breaking that stigma is one of our big, greatest challenges, actually. We will always have the books. They're not going away. Mm-hmm. But we have, and we have variations of the books. We have audiobooks. We have e-books, downloadable ones. But then we also have meeting rooms that are available for the public to use. And we have things like knitting needles and board games and hotspots so that you can check out and take home and list and use internet from home for those who don't have that. We have computers available to Okay, use. I was gonna ask that. So they, yes. they do have that available. We they do. need to do research or things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. We have some of the largest computer labs in the state actually for public libraries and we have computer assistance that's available. We offer computer classes. Uh, a lot of the things that we do best are our programs. Um, again, educational, informational, and recreational. We have art classes, we have crafting, we have all sorts of things. So there's things you can learn of course. <laughs> at a library, but other than just reading. Oh, so much more. So, yes. uh, but I love the fact you offer these classes. I was amazed at how many different variety of classes that you have available to, to people because the internet is, is something. I mean, you can find anything on the web. And if you want to learn how to do something, you go to YouTube and watch the video. And how many times people have told me, and I've done that myself, like fixing a, a dryer or a washer, just type in the part and it shows you how to do it. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. It is difficult sometimes to find the right information. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that is part of the, the responsibility of libraries to make sure that we are providing the accurate information. Anybody can Google, but if you want an accurate answer, come to the library. Yeah. I like what you said earlier off mic here that it's not one of those shh, no talking, <laughs> have to be quiet. Oh no, we are no longer <laughs> shushing book pushers. <laughs> uh, no, I, in fact, we welcome the noise. <laughs> and yeah, you know, whenever the children come and they want to have fun and and look at this book and oh my goodness, this is so much fun. We want that. We yeah. we welcome it. In fact, we've done just some wild and crazy things for a library. We've had what's called a Magnicon. We've done a little mini Comic Con at one location. We've done Star Wars party days and Hobbit celebrations. And we have princesses come in costume to meet and greet. Um, just like you would at Disney World. And we love making those magical moments happen. So you can do story times. Absolutely. Like, oh yeah, that's oh, great. Every library has a story time every week, some multiple times a week. Um, we have in-person and virtual. Um, last year we had to do a lot of virtual and we found that that was a wonderful medium. And so we've continued that and that's going to continue to grow as well. 
So I guess you would get, you know, like different authors that they're coming out with books and things like that. They want to come by for a book signing or they want to read Mm -hmm. a segment of the book to to folks. They can come there and do that as well. Absolutely. We have them all the time, especially the local authors for children, adults, everything in between. And we have book signings at nearly every location. And some do read to the children. Uh, One of the local celebrities is Thornton Klein. He's come to many of our um, libraries and he's read his books, The Incredible Shrinking whatever instrument violin or whatever and he'll play his violin and show his teeny tiny one and and we've I've got to, I've got to talk to him because he's been doing uh, making some movement on the charts you know getting recognized for I guess his songwriting and mm-hmm. things he's been doing so and and he's right here he is it's a wonderful talent yeah uh, and so but he's we've had him bring his Suzuki players and they've performed <laughs> um, and actually that's that's another thing we do is I don't know if you know, but Hendersonville and Gallatin and Portland all have pianos in their libraries. Again, we're not shushing. We absolutely welcome the noise. <laughs> um, and we welcome anybody who knows how to play the piano to just come on in and play and uh, enjoy providing music for for anybody who's there. We also have concerts. Let's see, the uh, Gallatin Library has concert, uh, it's called Box Lunch. And it is a formal concert. Uh, it's from the Vol State Community College Music Department. And it features students and instructors and they sing and do a free concert with the piano and first Tuesday of the month at noon. And that's always a big draw. It's a fascinating thing we do. So why don't I just uh, call my buddy Elton John. He can buy and play some piano. He, he does a pretty do. good job at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess he's okay. Yeah, sure, okay. sure. Yeah, maybe checked out. <laughs> but he's welcome to come play. Uh, we've got several baby grands I think he might enjoy. <laughs> that's great. Hey, look, I was thinking, you know, in, in your job, I mean, it's you have so many facilities you have to to manage and keep up with what would you say is the biggest challenge that you you have with your specific role right now and how are you going to overcome that Uh, Mm, deep question that is a very deep question (laughs) and a challenging one indeed Really, it's more helping everyone understand that while we are changing, we're also staying the same. We are not, any changes are mostly going to be administrative on the back end, and Mm -hmm. it's going to be things that are going to help smooth out um, a few of the bumps and hiccups that we have and and help to polish and shine what makes each library special mm-hmm. we all of us have struggles we we need to be open more hours we need more staff we need to be able to offer more programs and individually we're just not strong enough to do that um, we've always been under the same umbrella as far as we've all been at sumner county government entities but being separate, we haven't been able to share the resources that we all have. And now that we are being combined, we are able to offer so much more because we do have these resources that we can share. Yeah. And it will help provide so much more to all the communities. We're gonna be able to look at the bigger picture and say, hey, well, you know, there are a few extra hours here that aren't needed at this facility. Mm-hmm. We can transfer them over to this facility and they can be open more hours. Or, you know, this, this one, desperately needs a children's department. Um, they need early literacy and they need to focus on you know, having an ABC club and they, don't, they can't quite afford to have a children's librarian. Mm-hmm. So we can send a professional children's librarian from one of the other libraries to go and teach for a class mm-hmm. for that, that library or even help them get their own funding sure. for that. Um, it's just sharing the wonderful assets and resources we already have in-house. Yep. Do you have... Uh, 
tutoring? We do. I, I, you, know, um, you can call it. Somebody says, I'm having a hard time. Do you have a, like a list of tutors you can call? I mean, that's not your job. It's, but. it's not really. Uh, we, we have lists of people that we do know that we could probably recommend at okay. each place, um, but it is not something we particularly offer. Aside from Westmoreland does have a GED tutor who, okay. who provides assistance there. All right. um, and Portland does have a, I guess it's not tutoring, but it is a specialized um, genealogist who helps people w- find their genealogy uh, and trace it back. And, and they actually have their own museum built into their library. It's this tiny little museum that's fascinating. And where's so that? In Westport? Portland. Portland. Portland okay. Library. And they have an on-staff genealogist who can help you find your own history and trace your roots. Wow. Um, you can look, so, in this, look in this rock in there. Oh, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> Not geology. Genealogy. Oh, that's right. I'm so confused. That's <laughs> no, all right. So we're talking about your big challenges. What yes. would be one of the big surprises you've had that you went, oh, amazing? Oh, I... I don't know that it's a surprise, but it's so exciting to get to know so many of the staff members and so many of the things we have in our back rooms and to see just how much we already have with our within our disposal. We with the money we already have, we can do so much and that's that's a surprise because it, it's an exciting surprise because we can make that go so much further now that we're all working together and yes. we can share things. Yeah. One example is, is we've had some playaways, which are specialized audiobooks that are downloaded already into the device and you just plug in headphones and you listen to the book. It doesn't need Wi-Fi. It doesn't need nice. anything. Um, and those we've had for years at several locations, but we've not had them at some other locations. And the okay. ones where they've been for years, they've just been sitting gathering dust because everybody who wanted to has listened to them. Mm-hmm. We were able to transport those to another location that did not have them. And people are going, wow, this is amazing. I can hear a whole book and I don't have to have internet service at home. And I get to have this, you know, this new way of reading that I've never had before. And so getting to share those moments and share those resources is exciting. It has been a blast finding out the talents of some of the people we have on staff already. Yeah, um, wow. We have ukulele players who are very talented. <laughs> um, of course, we have puppetry and we have people who love to edit video and we have people who hate to do that but who are fantastic on on screen. Yeah. And so it's just a wealth of information and it's That's been great. fascinating to learn all of these different things. Yeah, we've got so much to talk about. We're gonna take this first break <laughs> And when we come back, we're going to find out more about the library system right here in Sumner County. And we're talking with April Mangrum. She's the executive director of the library system here in Sumner County. So we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, This is Jeff Shannon, and we're going to continue our conversation with April Mangrum. Now, she's the executive director of the library system here in Sumner County. And and the library system, I did not know that it was a system because, like you said, everything kind of changed here recently. And so you've, you've taken all of the the libraries within the county, you put them under one system, which seems to me would be a lot easier to manage. Much, much easier. Um, Once we get all the little details ironed out and I figure, (laughs) see the whole picture, um, it's kind of like 
it, it's kind of like the beloved Swiss Army knife that's in your pocket all the time. Uh, you can go into your kitchen and find your corkscrew and your sharpest knife and your big knife and your little one and your toothpick, but you could also just have it in your pocket and have it with you all the time so that you know whenever you need to open that package from the children's toy that mm, you've got that right there point. and yeah. can have all these tools you need. But sometimes you have to pull it out of your pocket, dust it off a little, uh, sharpen the blade or, or you know, make sure that it's going to work next time you want to open a bottle of wine mm-hmm. and make sure it's nice and sharp. So making all of those things together, tightening the screws so that it works best whenever you need it yeah. is kind of what we're doing here is, is we're making sure that we are able to have all the resources and materials in the most cost-effective way for the community so that we can make what we're already given go so much further. Right. And your your budget is, of course, run by the county, Sumner County. So it is. you're kind of limited to what they give you. <laughs> and of course, usually what you submit is usually not what you end up getting, you know, in most cases. <laughs> well, our, our county is very gracious to us, and we are taking very very good care of but we could always you know there's always the request for more money more hours more people but they do actually compared to many of the other counties around us they do a very good job so do our cities our cities have all chip in to all five libraries okay. and they help provide a little extra funding so that we can afford the library materials the books and the movies and the audiobooks and all of the fun things that we have that are materials to check out mm-hmm. um, we use the money that the cities send to help provide that and some uh, cities are actually talking about possibly adding more to the amounts that they put in which would be wonderful and that would help to cover some operating expenses and maybe to help us open a little more or sure. have a little more staffing here's a loaded question for you okay. if you had <laughs> extra money yes what would you spend it on oh well <laughs> I would want to take care of our infrastructure first. Okay. One of the big things that we've discovered with this uh, has been some of the inconsistencies that we have from one library to another. And we have fantastic, amazing, talented people in every location, but they're not all being paid the same. And so we need to make sure that they are equitably paid mm-hmm. and, and that they are they are given the resources that they need. So that would be, you know, just try to balance everything out, which is where I'm at right now with with no extra funding. <laughs> um, but then it would be wonderful to be able to expand some of the things like having more hours. Uh, that's been something that Hendersonville Library has been begging for for years. And that's something that some of the other libraries would, would love as well. And, and we're pulling the community coming up pretty soon as to find out what their needs are. Whenever we do get wonderful donations, we have them go through our friends of the library organizations. Okay. Uh, those organizations, there's one for each library and they are able to do so much with that. They help provide the funding for our summer reading programs, all the prizes that go out, all the winnings and and rewards for reading, and that's for all ages, not just children. They help to fund a lot of the craft kits and things that we're able to send out every every week, and they do help fund a lot of big things, big ticket items. For example, the Gallatin Library recently received a grant through the Friends of the Library. They managed to purchase a van to create a bookmobile. Uh, it's called the Gallatin's Mobile Library, and it travels yeah. all throughout the city uh, to the farmers markets, to the neighborhoods. So they just come set up, and you can come in and browse for books. And... Exactly. Uh, you can get a library card on the spot. There's always something fun and free that you can take with you. Uh, there are always books that you can check out, and you just never know where we might pop up. Right. 
Now, I would assume that the, your staffing, as other businesses all over the place, <laughs> are, are having a hard time staffing. Yes. Getting people who actually want to work. And the library is, you know, would seem like it would be a less stressful kind of job. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> so if, if somebody were, were to, was actively looking, maybe want to get involved with the with the library system, where would they go? The website or? Sumner County Government okay. uh, has all of the job postings listed on that site. Uh, we are also working on a website for just the Sumner County Library System. And okay. we'll be sure to upload those at that point. But right now you can find them all on Sumner County Government's website under job openings and there are several right now we have some openings for some children's assistant positions in Hendersonville uh, we have some library clerk positions in Gallatin uh, in Westmoreland that was actually when I, I was talking about earlier I'm so excited about this one they are looking for a part-time children's librarian who can help provide more early literacy classes and programs to the children up there which yeah. I am so thrilled about they they have been that's a desperate need that they've not been able to afford up to this point and right. I'm so excited we're going to get to provide that and then your son is also a, an avid reader loves reading and he can actually tutor the no, kidding, but <laughs> I don't know that he you would probably want like to, to. Tutor. <laughs> he, he is he is six years old I don't know that you want him to tutor <laughs> uh, but he is Yes, he is a voracious reader, which just delights my librarian heart. Yeah. And um, he was actually the very first child to complete the summer reading program this past summer, which I was very proud of him for. But he also is, he loves math. And I don't know where he gets that from, but <laughs> I'm thrilled. But no, I, I don't know that you want him to tutor yeah. you, but but we do have tutors come to use our meeting rooms and our study yeah. rooms all the time. Oh, that's and they a are good idea. To do that. Good place to go, yeah. Absolutely. It's a nice, quiet place, yeah. and it's a good public place to meet now there are like the friends of the library are there other organizations that help raise money for the different libraries some of the libraries have foundations additionally um, that are mainly things for the building but the Friends Library are really the best places to donate the money through, okay. um, and it can help to go with those. And they do, they ask for grants, they do various types of fundraisers. Some um, have like a ham supper, some have silent auctions. Mm. So, uh, the book sales are a huge supporter of each of the Friends of the Library, and they all do them differently. Gallatin and Portland have designated boutiques or book sale rooms that are always ongoing, and okay. the Friends of the Library man those. Uh, Hendersonville has huge book sales that are just amazing. They are very particular about what they have, so it's always the best of the best books that they have for their sales, and they, they make a nice amount on that. Yeah. Um, but we're always looking for more donations and happy to accept any that well, would like yes. to come on in. <laughs> so now, can people donate like books, would you? Ex- are, are there some kind of criteria you have to go by? Uh, yes, we do accept donations of books. We do not accept them at every location because some of them aren't able to hold all, those. <laughs> hold all of those books. <laughs> all of our buildings are different sized and per our communities. But yes, you can absolutely drop them off at uh, some of the bigger ones. Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville do all accept donations of books, and all of those are gone through. And if it's something that we do not have that needs to go into our collection, 
and we add it into okay. the collection. Or if it's something that is in better condition than some of the ones that are already in our collection, we'll update it. And then whatever doesn't go in the collection will go to the Friends of the Library's book sale room or book sales. And those are gone through nicely. We don't take anything that's grimy or, or kind of gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we will still accept some things that are older. We we do especially love the, the newer stuff that you've read once, you enjoyed, but you're probably not going to keep it forever. Just right. bring it yeah. on over. And I assume that you would take financial donations very easily. Absolutely. <laughs> and the best place to do that would be where? To the friends of whichever library that you would like to donate okay. it to. Um, and they all accept checks, or and some of them even accept Venmo now. That's right. Yeah, well, you got to stay up with the times, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So okay. check out those organizations and all the things they're doing. Um, it's amazing how so much can be done with so little. I mean, truly. I mean, and it's, you know with what you do it's it has a close place to so many people's hearts people love reading you know there was a big worry you know with the like bookstores and things like that that well the books are going away everything's going digital it's online and things mm-hmm. like that you offer both so if they somebody do. wanted to go online and and do audiobooks or just look at things online do research the library is a great place to do it because mm-hmm. it's all right there and if you had a question you have somebody there to help you exactly yeah. uh, and it's all free <laughs> That's the best part. You can't beat the price. I mean, we're cheaper than Redbox. Does it cost anything to get a library card? The library cards are completely free. Um, now, if you lose it, we do we do have a little replacement yeah, cost yeah. fee. But the library cards themselves are completely free. And very soon, as part of the system, and I'm not sure how soon soon is, but hopefully within the next year, we will be able to provide the service to where your one library card that you already have, or that you'll soon be getting if you don't have one, okay. um, will work at all five locations right now as we were before the system you would have to have a library card for every single person at every single location so a family can get one a whole family can get a card and it would be simple and easy so everybody can check out using that same card we're working on all the administration stuff in the background to make that happen but you would also be able to return your materials to any facility and we're going to create an in-house kind of courier system that will be able to deliver them from place to place so that materials arrive uh, quickly Better than Amazon. Better than Amazon. (laughs) We'll do our best. (laughs) Okay, here's one for you. Other than your great husband, who, by the way, was also a teacher, who would you think would be your most important professional mentor? Ooh. Ooh, That is a very challenging one. Um, and there are there are several. Well, I, I would have to say I perhaps don't have a single mentor. There are there are several local people that I don't think would be very happy if I were to mention them by name that have been fantastic in helping me through yeah. different things. But then also I, I I'm I'm a bit of a geek I suppose a nerd. I I enjoy reading business lit <laughs> literature. And so a lot of the business world books are are fascinating and different perspectives. And so. I, I suppose those living and dead, I, I, the authors of those books have yeah. been fascinating. Um, and I do have to admit that I, I do have a idolizing respect for Walt and Roy Disney um, and the way that they created this wonderful, magical, mm-hmm. imaginative place out of nothing. And I love that. And I love to bring that to Sumner County and to the libraries because the libraries really are magical places. You can escape to anywhere and be anything and you can be welcomed no matter what. It's one of the few places left in the world where you can walk in the door without the expectation of having to 
spend something. See, we can bring it here to Hensonville. We can call it uh, Disneyville. <laughs> well, I think that might be copyrighted, but you know, we could still bring that magic. Magic Let's, is very real. It just takes a lot of work. And I got connections at Disney down in Orlando. Maybe I'll give them a call. Sure, we would welcome them. <laughs> That'd be great. What time of day do you get your best work done? Because you you have you're like have to be all over the place, but there's got to be a certain time that. Um. Well. I actually start my day incredibly early. I am at the library at one of the buildings at 7.30 in the morning, and the earliest any of them open is 9. But that way I can get as many of the emails and all the things I've missed out on from the previous day when it's quiet. caught up on where it's quiet and I'm not pulled away. As soon as the doors open, as soon as people come in, I pulled from every different direction for advice, for guidance, for bills, for all sorts of things. Um, I visit every location and I love visiting with the public at them. I love visiting with the staff there. It, again, just as I mentioned earlier, just the excitement of finding all the resources we have yeah. at our disposal is wonderful. Well, see, when you're in there working, I, I, I can sneak in in a non-creepy way <laughs> and go, shh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, something would actually be thrown at me, I'm sure. But. <laughs> Possibly a book. <laughs> there, there was a time where... Um, <laughs> We actually, at one of the locations, and this was this was long, long, long ago when whenever the uh, one of the newer buildings was created, where a friendly little garden snake happened upon inside the building, and the librarian who was shelving the book at, books at the time, <laughs> out of the corner of her eye, saw uh, saw the snake and screamed and threw a copy of Harry Potter at the snake <laughs> just out of pure instinct. Did and it panicked. disappear? Uh, no, it cro- it coiled up. Of course, the snakes oh. do, and we managed. <laughs> to safely rescue the snake and, and release it back out into the wild. Yeah. But it's it's fun when we have wild encounters like that. <laughs> the the ironic thing was that that ended up being the Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which is the one that actually has the snake in it. And so it was pretty Ooh. fun kind of bit of irony that that was the yeah. book that was thrown at the snake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, April, thank you for, I know it's short notice for, for coming in and, and just enlightening us on the library system here in Sumner County and there's going to be a lot of great changes coming up here and I yeah, thank you again and any last words you'd like to disseminate? Just that I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me um, and that I'm so excited about what is to come for all the libraries. Absolutely. It's you know, We've been kind of using the motto five for one and one for all. It's, yeah. it's, it's the same friendly faces, same friendly spaces. We're just uniting to serve you best Very and good. that's everyone in this huge county of Sumner that we love so much. Very good. Well, thank you so much. We were talking with April Mangrum. She's the executive director of the library system right here in Sumner County. And that's going to lead us into this break. We'll be back on the other side with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to more of Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning. Uh, Jeff Shannon hosting this illustrious show here today. Well, I got a special guest in the studio. We're going to talk to Mr. Steve Botts, and uh, everybody knows Steve. And Steve just happens to be the immediate past chair of the Hendersonville Chamber Foundation Board. We're going to talk about what the Hendersonville Chamber Foundation is uh, with Steve. So, Steve, hey, thanks for coming in. Well, good morning, Jeff. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. So, I guess what we should do is is kind of start it and and say what is the 
the Chamber Foundation. What's it all about? Most people know what a Chamber of Commerce is. Every community seems to have one, and we certainly have an excellent one here in Hendersonville. The Chamber of Commerce is an organization of about 800 businesses currently and growing. And they're actively involved in the promotion of local business and uh, developments and promoting stay-at-home and shop-at-home efforts to keep our community dollars here. And the Chamber has been around for a long time, and most folks know a little bit about the Chamber, if not a lot. Well, the Chamber Foundation is an affiliate of, but a different organization from the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber Foundation was created, I think, maybe... 10, 15 years ago, I can't Mm -hmm. really recall, for a real estate transaction. We were going to own our own headquarters building for the chamber. In order to raise money for that, we needed to be a 501c3 not-for-profit corporation. Mm -hmm. And most folks know that law allows you to donate to a valid not-for-profit corporation and tax deduct your donation Mm -hmm. but it has to be set up that way it has to be under a certain kind of charter called a chapter 501c3 of the internal revenue code allows it so we set up a 501c3 corporation that is affiliated with the chamber for the purpose of allowing nonprofit as a nonprofit organization for citizens and businesses and others to make donations to that foundation and then to uh, tax deduct that Mm -hmm. donation and And with that, originally, we built or or purchased a, a nice office for our foundation and for the chamber. The foundation actually owns the office, and the chamber rents it from the foundation, so it's all arm's length. But in order to do that... Any 501c3 corporation, by law, has to have a charitable purpose. You have to file your resolutions and your foundation charter saying, here's what we're going to do with the money that we raise. And the money has to be for a charitable purpose in order to... um, allow the tax deductibility Mm -hmm. of the donations. Well, there was a lot of conversation back then about uh, other than just the real estate transaction which needed to be done, what would we do with the excess contributions and how much could we raise and if we did, how would we use it for the good of the community? And I think the those who were in on that decision back then made a wise decision. They finally said the charitable purpose of the Chamber Foundation is to support education in our local schools. Great. That's the single purpose, and uh, that's the reason the foundation exists. We have an excellent board of directors that's separate from the Chamber Board of Directors and have some really good people who are aligned in that charitable purpose. Mm-hmm. Then, obviously, after some conversation, well, what can we do for the schools? What can we do for the teachers? And out of that came the Golden Apple Grant process. That's amazing. And the process is, is really kind of lengthy. So it's not just, hey, I got this little thing. It, you have to go through a, like a process and fill out the forms, make sure it qualifies. And then I guess it goes before a committee to decide how it's going to be spread out. Right. Any teacher in a school that educates Hendersonville children, it's limited to schools where Hendersonville children are mm-hmm. educated, can make a grant application and say, here's what I'd like to do. We know that teachers have great ideas, creativity uh, flows in the halls of our Sumner County schools, uh, but sometimes they just don't have the funding to do Mm -hmm. the things that they would like to do for their students. Things which are a little bit outside the usual budget category that the Board of Education gives them to work with. So this would answer the question, well, if you had the money available, what things would you do for your students? What project would you like to pursue? 
What would you like to offer next year for your students if you had the funds available? So the grant application allows any teacher in a school or the school at large, there's two categories, there are individual classroom grants, and there's also school at large grants. Mm -hmm. Any school or teacher can make an application. It's a very formal grant process. The application is very formal. It takes some work and some creativity and some diligence to complete the, the grant application. And in the grant application, the teacher will tell us what he or she wants to do, how it will be done, what's, what are the steps that will be necessary in order to accomplish it, and how much it will cost. And then what is the outcome that we would anticipate or hope for? Because after the grant is given, we will come back and look at the outcome. We will see mm -hmm. how, how it turned out. Oh, what, good. What was the educational value? What, what kind of results did we see in the school or in the classroom as a result of the grant? And it gets very competitive. <laughs> I very can imagine. Um, and you get some great ideas that come across. And it's sad everybody you know, can't obviously get a grant, but there's a lot of great ideas these people are coming up with. I'm amazed. Uh, I read every grant application I have for the last several years as part of the committee. And it's amazing to me mm -hmm. that we have some teachers who are coming up with ideas that are so creative that they really ought to be used elsewhere. I mean, these are, these are ideas that could be used in schools in any city, in any state. And mm -hmm. we've got the teachers in our county, in our city, that are uh, bringing us some ideas and how those ideas would translate into better students, better education in our classrooms, and how much it will require for them to do it if mm -hmm. the funds are available. This year, it was especially challenging because the foundation raises its money, that is, the Chamber Foundation raises money with one big event primarily, and that's the Freedom Festival event, which is on the 3rd of July. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's been in Hendersonville a while knows about the big festival that happens in the park on the 3rd of July. They're climaxed by fireworks that everybody can see, but also there's music events associated with that, and there's all sorts of children's events associated with it, and there are booths that are rented to local merchants and to civic clubs and to local politicians and anyone else who mm -hmm. likes to uh, have an opportunity to talk to people at the at the freedom festival and from those booth rentals and from the other revenue that we generate that's the primary way we raise money for these grant applications to be funded. Now, last last couple of years has been kind of rough. Last year was the, the most challenging we've ever had. Yeah. And guess what? We had a pandemic going on. And we, <laughs> yeah. we couldn't have the Freedom Festival. Yeah. So the revenue from that whole event uh, disappeared. And This year's was amazing. And this year was a bounce back. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, incredible. Yeah. We were able, even though we didn't raise money at the Freedom Festival, our hardworking chamber office staff and the foundation board and all working together were able to raise money to fund almost $25,000 were Amazing. Um, given yeah. out in grants. And um, unfortunately, that was only about half the money we would have needed to fund all the grant applications. <laughs> had, had everybody gotten what they asked for, it would have been a, a little over $50,000 wow. we would have given. Yeah. But uh, we're pleased in a year after the pandemic when our revenue source was primarily uh, destroyed from, t from 2020 that we were able to give $25,000 away at the huge event. Uh, in addition to giving away the money, the, we also have a big party to celebrate our teachers. It's held in October, in the middle of October of each year. 
and it's a um, at Bluegrass Country Club, and we allow any teacher to make a reservation and come, and we feed them a nice meal, and we introduce the grant winners and. It was a great event. It's though. a I mean, great event. I mean, it, it, so the much was... energy in the room. Yeah. I mean, even the grant, even the teachers who were there who didn't win the grant applications are there cheering on the people who did. And it's, mm-hmm. frankly, the teachers from all over the city don't get an opportunity to get together socially that often. Mm-hmm. Um, they have in-school meetings, obviously, for teaching faculties, but to get together and just celebrate education and to hear from some of the people in the county. We had the mayor speak. The director of schools spoke had uh, just a real high energy and it's always one of my favorite chamber events of the year yeah because there's there's so much appreciation on the part of the teachers for the work that's done by the foundation and also just uh, nice to be around positive minded people sure and then our my good buds uh, Timothy James were performing did a right. little little set there and they made those guys are awesome a lot of good comments about yeah. them no um, and I, I see great things I think they weren't they at Sumner Fest yeah. one of our other yeah. chamber I mean, events they were fabulous yeah. so it, and it is you know, a great thing to have all of those folks together and to help honor them. And, and you always say, well, gosh, wish we could have done more. But next year, I think it's going to be bigger and better than, than ever. We, we hope so. Yeah. The, the year prior uh, to the pandemic in 2019, we gave away a little over 30000 yeah. So this year was a reduction because our revenue was so much less mm-hmm. at the foundation. But the people were really happy that they that we still had the event at all because yeah. of the problems that we had last year that caused us to have to cancel it. The schools really are, love this. In fact, I I was going to, <laughs> to try to get some of the teachers to come in and talk, but I started thinking said that's uh, probably not going to happen. Their schedules are so you know jammed up and they're they're so busy. But uh, I'm so glad that you were able to to come in because we get a, I think a, a different perspective. It's to know some history of of how all this got started because I think people in the community wonder well where does how does the chamber spend that money and it's and this is what it's going for. You know, and I'm so proud of Hendersonville. I'm you know I'm I'm literally a, a chamber of commerce guy because <laughs> the chamber's job is to promote the good things about the town and about the community and the local businesses. I moved to Hendersonville in about 1979 and joined the chamber not long after that and have been involved at one level or another in the chamber since then. Mm-hmm. I spent 24 years on the Sumner County Commission, so I got to see a side of the county from a political level and the funding that happens from the county to the schools. And I've always been really proud of our of our schools our public schools in Hendersonville and our private schools in Hendersonville. We have some of the best schools in the state. I would say I could name a few of them that are the best in the nation Mm -hmm. and rank so by national rankings. And I'm so proud that the county has built some really nice new facilities in Hendersonville. And we have a good school system that's rated as one of the best in the state. And I just am happy that we as a chamber and as a foundation in the chamber have a chance to celebrate our teachers because that's where the work gets done. Yes. You know, the county commission does the funding, the school board does the supervision and the policy making. Dr. Phillips and the management of the system manage it. But if, if the teachers aren't enthused and creative and energetic, mm-hmm. then we've wasted a lot of time and effort because that's where the learning occurs is in the teachers' classrooms. And this is um, the mm-hmm. foundation gala is a celebration of the classroom teachers. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and when Kathleen got this job, we found out, hey, it's in 
you know, Sumner County, it's, you know, just outside of Nashville. It's like one of the places we wanted to go. But one of the concerns we always had, because the kids were younger then, is like, what is the school system like? Upon checking it out, I mean, Sumner County was the elite. I mean, this was the top-notch educational county. Our, our minds were eased, and it was like, okay, great, we're going to great schools. And, and all of them, all the schools are good. And your kids happened to end up in one of our newest school complexes at Station mm-hmm. Camp. Yeah. I share the story. When I was chairman of the county commission, we were bursting at the seams and <laughs> needed to build some new schools. And finding land to build schools on was a challenge. And finally, we had a committee of school board members and county commissioners that found the site where Station Camp School is now. Yeah and was able to put a couple of three owners together who were willing to sell the property. And But when it came, became public, there were people in some parts of the county that railed against the county commission and they said, what do you mean buying that land way out there in the country with no with no roads to it? And what, what, that's just farmland. It's not even good farm. What do you? They made they made fun of us. And now, and that wasn't that many years ago. There's not room for another child in any one of those three schools. We've got elementary, middle, and high school all on the same campus. Yeah, I love that cluster effect. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. You, your child child can start in kindergarten on one end of the campus and graduate from twelfth grade on the other end. Yeah, but that's just an example of how our school system has grown yeah. uh, from a point of where we bought the land, over 100 acres of land, and now having to build new schools because those are full. Yeah. And, you know, and we're going to talk about the newest school coming up. We'll talk about that in a minute. On the other side right here, we're going to be continuing our conversation with Steve Botts, the immediate past chair of the Hendersonville Chamber Foundation. So we'll be right back with more Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, this is Jeff Shannon, and so nice to have you along here on this uh, this show. We're going to continue talking with Steve Botts, and of course, he's the immediate past chair of the Hendersonville Chamber Foundation. And Steve, you've been involved uh, with the chamber for so many years, and you've got such knowledge and such great perspective and history on on how all this got going. And with the, the Golden Gala, it's such a phenomenal aspect, and it was such a great choice because, as we all know, teachers, they need help. And we had a, a guy on our show here a couple weeks ago, John Panero. He's a music teacher over at Knox Doss. He actually purchased guitars for his students. So he might have had 30 guitars or something he was able to obtain. Any of the musical instruments, he buys them for the kids, and it really helps. And he's been teaching for 34 years. So he knows you know, what it takes to, to make kids successful. And if system can't provide it, because that's pretty good cost right there, but the teachers are, are always getting creative. I guess the Golden Gala is just a way of you know helping them along a little bit to achieve their goals. Yeah, you know, it's always bothered me. My children went to the Sumner County Schools, and it always bothered me that teachers were having to buy copy paper or (laughs) things that are necessary for their ordinary instruction in the classroom. And our teachers are so passionate about what they do that they'd rather go out and just buy something than have the kids not availability or whatever it is, or even to go out and ask somebody for it. now, fortunately, our school system is doing a better job funding those types of materials. But the next question is, well, what if a teacher has a really good idea about a lab that they would like to create or an experiment they would like to show or 
a, a new teaching method that they would like to try. The school's budget doesn't have flexibility for those one-offs. Mm-hmm. They can do all the regular instruction and do it well, but what about those special projects? And I think when we started off, we were having a nice event, thanking the teachers and giving out gift bags of things that local merchants yeah. donated. And then the grant application idea came up. Well, we've got some extra money this year. Why don't we figure out how we can give it oh. back to the teachers? Okay. And now it's grown. Now, a single classroom teacher, a teacher who has one class, can apply for up to a $1,500 grant. The maximum for a single classroom is $1,500. Mm-hmm. If it's multiple classrooms or a school-wide grant application, it can be up to $3,000. Okay. So uh, the amount of money that we need for the Apple Awards have have really increased because the needs have increased. Absolutely. And things are more expensive now. One of the things that we've noticed that I'm really proud of is the number of applications that come in that are related to STEM school designations. Right. Now, when my kids were in school, we didn't use that term, but we have a formal designating, it's nationally recognized designation of schools which emphasize science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm-hmm. And STEM schools and STEAM schools are considered to be among the best because their teachers have really focused on those particular um, experiences for their students. But a lot of the grants that have, especially in the most recent years, have been for projects that would assist with the STEM school designations. And we know that a number of our Hendersonville schools have received their STEM designations as a result of the grant applications that were granted. Had they not had the money to do the projects, they would have not received credit toward Mm -hmm. their STEM designations. That's an example of how, and that delivers directly to the students in the classroom an experience that they could not have otherwise. You know, with technology the way it is, and we all know (laughs) it changes every day and the needs for computers or any kind of devices and things like that that the kids really do. Because I, I truly believe, I think the, these kids these days are born with computer chips in their brain. <laughs> They're just born with it. Because they could do stuff that you and I would look at and go, how do you do that? They go, oh, let me program that for you. <laughs> I mean, they know a whole lot more about a computer than I will oh, ever crazy. know. And computers are part of every classroom. I mean, their technology needs are so much now compared to what they used to be. Now, again, technology is largely supported through the regular school budget purchasing of Mm -hmm. equipment sometimes a classroom will have a project that requires notebooks or something like that and they can come to the grant application process with a request for equipment if Mm -hmm. it's needed for a particular project but it's it's exciting because we know that these kids are going to have experiences in the next year that they were were not available to them previously because they were successful in the grant application process Mm -hmm. well i think it's it's interesting because i didn't know this was a a thing but uh, you know both our kids are in station camp high school but my son is taking uh, i guess a class where they learn actually how to code do coding for like a game mm-hmm. so they're teaching them early on which i i think is exciting because they're they're teaching them and putting this in their head and some might go on because that's the future i mean it's, it's writing code and technology is is really where it's and, at and you have a daughter whom i know is a, just a gifted artist she is <laughs> and and that gift has been um, you know cultivated through the school mm-hmm. and she had the gift to begin with but it's being cultivated so there's room for the techies who want to really sit at a computer and program all day and there's also room for the very creative mind to uh, flourish and you know there's so much controversy that you hear about on the news now about what's being taught in the schools and what's the curriculum in the schools Mm -hmm. and uh, why are they teaching this particular social science in the school but nobody argues about whether kids need to learn about science 
and math, sure. the core subjects. And that's what the STEM program really emphasizes. Well, they're getting into robotics. Right. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And, and you know, <laughs> that's the future that they will be prepared for that yeah. uh, we weren't. Yeah. Well, and Sumner County continues to grow. You know, we, we try to attract people because pe- I think people realize it's a great county for education. It's a great personal community. Everybody's friendly. And that was one of the things we noticed when we moved here. And Kathleen instantly felt like, I, I just feel like I'm at home. And I've heard that from so many people. They say, we just felt welcome here and people are so nice. And and that's kind of a, a comforting thing. So as we grow, we need more schools. And Dr. Dell has done a great job because he's already forecasted what the population is going to be mm-hmm. kind of looking like and they've 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 planned and hence liberty creek which is kind of the cluster concept again that they're, they're going to going and it's it's underway it's and it's, it's not blasting. far from station camp exactly <laughs> i mean it's the same growing part of the county that needs to have new schools mm-hmm. and they're going to have a need for teachers and i think there's going to be a, a a need for you know sports programs as they start progressing on you know building the schools and things like that i think it's going to be a great attraction it's going to be a, a great resource for the county of course you are going to get those folks that fight it but it's i think it's going to be a great thing i'm one of the few i would say the few relatively few people you talk to that's born and raised nashvillian i'm nashville area has always been my home and when i have friends or business associates who moved to nashville and there are so many of them every month yes. that moved to nashville i sometimes get in a conversation and say what's the best thing or what do you like most about your new home what do you like most well at some point they'll mention the schools because the schools are if they have children the schools are near the top of their priority list Mm -hmm. but almost every time they say the people the people are so friendly Mm -hmm. and the people are so welcoming and and i want hendersonville to have that reputation because as nashville grows you know a rising tide lifts all ships and we are experiencing the growth and sometimes that brings you know planning issues and Mm-hmm. We're going to have to prepare for that growth and have the infrastructure ready. And part of that infrastructure is schools. Yes. We have to keep up with, with the population. Well, I think the great efforts of the, the Hendersonville Chamber Foundation, I think that is awesome. And it's going to help to support these teachers so we can keep those teachers here in Sumner County. We don't want to lose them to, to other districts because maybe the pay is better or what have you. But, you know, and I think every, that's the forefront of everybody in the education business is making sure the teachers will get paid. And of course, it will never be enough. As we know, you know, it's things like this that kind of help them in any way that, you know, the community can. It's it's got to be a good thing. Yeah. And they are passionate enough to do the work that's necessary to get the money in their classrooms to do something special for mm-hmm. their students. Mm-hmm. And that's what the grant application is about. And it's just so impressive to me that teachers care that much. Mm-hmm that they can open a textbook and they can teach the curriculum and they can do what the requirements are, but this is way beyond that. Sure. And teachers, get they, they don't get into it for the money anyway. No, there's... <laughs> kind of like many, musicians. <laughs> many professions with a four-year or greater college degree that pay a lot more than teachers. Sure, make. yeah. And, uh, but and it has to be a passion in the fact that, uh, you know, you have so many teachers that have been doing this for 20, 30, sometimes 40 years have seen a great change over the time and you know how they teach you know the different things they have to learn like if i had to i can't explain this stuff they've changed it and developed it over the years yeah and 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 these teachers it's like they have to teach that and they have to totally understand it so the amount of work that they put on behind the scenes not during classroom times but after hours i I think is commendable 
Yeah, it's it. They never really get off the clock. <laughs> right. I mean, they're grading papers or they're preparing a, le- a lesson plan. Or I mean, mm. my daughter is uh, a teacher, and I, I was able to observe her close at hand about just how much time she had to spend out of the classroom to be on top of her game in the classroom. Yeah, it definitely is something that the community is taking notice of. And I I think it's, if you ask somebody anything about teachers, the first thing they're going to say is, I wish they got paid more money. Right. And hey, hey, we're trying a little bit of time, I guess. But, uh, you know, the fact that the, the foundation has awarded over $100,000 to teachers, I think is exciting, exciting to know. And it's only going to get better. You know, next year's uh, gala and the event is going to be probably bigger and better than ever. What what kind of what do you foresee in the next coming year uh, for the foundation? Well, you know, it was thirty. We gave away thirty thousand dollars in twenty nineteen, and then came the pandemic. Mm-hmm. To to have recovered from the pandemic and been able to give away about twenty five thousand this month uh, to these other to these uh, nine grant winners, mm-hmm. um, I, I would not be surprised to see us pass fifty thousand dollars in the near future. And, well, um, that's exciting. Now, look at some of the, the winners here. I mean, Hendersonville High School, I think they had two winners, did they? Yeah. So they had Eric Sanders, Wendy Vincent, and uh, let's see, their project was What's Wrong With Our Patient? <laughs> and that, I remember that application because it had a bit of a medical slant, you know, the science okay. behind uh-huh. medicine. And so they're they're trying to introduce, without you know, trying to shape nurses and doctors, they're trying to introduce the science that is at the basis of medicine. And well, I, I thought that was creative. Definitely needed these days. <laughs> right. And that's a classroom level grant of $1,500. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, over at TW Hunter, uh, Terry McAllister and Melissa Skaggs, they put in their, their application, uh, Study Island Software. I'd like to know what that was. I mean, that's that's kind of complex. It's, uh, it's a software package that's unique. And mm-hmm. um, I don't recall exactly what the description of the purpose of it was. But Study Island Software, they it was a school-wide thing, so it's not a single classroom. Yeah. The foundation gave them $3,000 toward the cost wow, of that software. That's, that's awesome. And then um, Cassie Venable and uh, Beth Freeman over at Beach Elementary School, uh, they're doing a conservation outdoor garden. So they got uh, like $2,900 for that. So I, and that'll benefit all the school. It's yeah. a multi-classroom or school-wide uh, project. Mm-hmm. And oh, here's a we were talking STEM before, but Lauren Howard over at Station Camp Elementary, the third grade Bison Bonanza STEM projects. So they got about thirteen, almost fourteen hundred dollars uh, for that deal. So that's and for for third grade. And then uh, <laughs> over at Indian Lake, Sunday Mackerel and Larissa Weddle had a STEAM Lab project. STEAM being. Uh, <laughs> one step of beyond i guess the stem yeah. application they a mobile steam lab that they're going to develop and it's a nice. school-wide thing so apparently it's something that'll benefit several classrooms for about twenty nine hundred dollars yeah. that we well, granted for that you know the teachers uh, just put in your application you know next year's coming about that and the, the principals will pass that around to all of the, the the teachers and if they do have those projects we encourage them to fill out that application and follow the guidelines, do it, and get it submitted because you too could be a winner. <laughs> and a part of the grant application is the principal has to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. We have to know that the principal is behind it yeah. so that the principal will support the project if the grant is given. And I'll tell you about the only disappointment that I had in the whole process, and I think this was shared by some other people, is that every school didn't make a grant application. Yeah. I mean, there are some in Hendersonville 
who didn't make the list of applicants because no one took the time or yeah. had the idea or there may be very valid reasons why they didn't happen. Yeah. I would like to see every school in the city or every school that educates children who live in the city mm-hmm. have an application or two. You know, you can have more than one application from the same school. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, look, it's a great thing that the foundation is doing, and uh, we commend the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we appreciate you for all of your, your service for all these many years. <laughs> and well, let we, me put in a plug for the chamber. Yeah. Folks, when, when you hear about Freedom Foundation or Sumner Fest or the Taste of Hendersonville, which mm-hmm. is in the streets of Indian Lake where our restaurants come together and share their food, or any other chamber event, remember the money that's raised there goes to things like the gala for the teachers and the grants for the teachers. It's a charitable purpose. So if you have an opportunity to go to one of our chamber events and have a good time and spend some money, remember it's for a good purpose as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we've been talking with Steve Botts, the immediate past chair of the Hendersonville Chamber Foundation. And Steve, again, thanks so much for for coming in and talking about this. It's uh, much needed. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. So that's going to wrap it up for another edition here of Sumner County Spotlight with Jeff Shannon. We will catch you next week. Oh, by the way, this uh, podcast will be on our podcast page uh, starting Monday morning at whinradio.com. So we'll check you next week for more of Sumner County Spotlight. So long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FNM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.